Hi everyone and welcome to episode 16 of Epilogues and Epiphanies, a show where we'll explore questions about life, the universe, and being human through the lens of TV and film. In today's episode, we'll be discussing the Disney hit Frozen with the fabulous Kyla Keller, when two eldest daughters sit down to tackle the plight of one of their own and unpack the many layers woven into statements like conceal, don't feel, and let it go, it's sure to be a good time. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Kyla Keller. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us. Today, I have a special guest with me. Kyla is with me today. I'll let her introduce herself. Feel free to tell everyone whatever you would like to them to know about you, and we'll take it from there. Okay. Hi, guys. My name is Kyla. I'm 16. I'm obsessed with Taylor Swift, and <laughs> I really like Frozen. I have an Elsa collection, actually. I I know it's weird that I'm 16 and have a giant stuffed Elsa that's about as big as me, but it lights up and sings, and I really Listen. love it. <laughs> this is an absolutely judgment-free zone podcast. We do not judge people for liking what they like. If it makes you happy, it's all good respect to the giant Elsa you are very grown up for your age but you are still a child did want to clarify this I am fully aware of power dynamics between adults and kids and I know we talk about some touchy-feely deep personal stuff on this show sometimes if there's ever a question that like we get into or we start like wandering somewhere and you're like want to talk about that you can just say i don't know whatever word you want to say and i will edit it out and no one will ever know even went in that direction so just wanted to throw that out there so you knew what was up and what you did and didn't have to do and didn't feel any weird pressure or anything like that so yeah cool kyla's breaking records for the youngest guest on the podcast which is awesome She's what I would call, though, an old soul. Definitely qualified to be here for sure. And I am also obsessed with Frozen. So super excited to get to talk to you about this movie. Why Frozen? Because this was your idea. Yes, Frozen is probably, it's probably my favorite Disney movie. I am obsessed with Disney, first of all. I want to work at Disney World uh, or Disneyland in a few years. But Frozen is always near and dear to my heart. I've always been obsessed because I think it was just because I was so little and Elsa fascinated me. My mom said I never got upset when I was little except for one time I was absolutely sobbing in the back of the car because I couldn't have ice powers. I wanted to be a scientist so I could invent a pill that gave me ice powers. It was bad. I still remember imaginary in my head I was Elsa. That's amazing. Super weird childhood obsession with Elsa. I think that's a perfectly normal childhood obsession, actually. Yeah. Like, I feel like we all had yeah. a an Elsa in uh, our lives. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't remember necessarily what mine was. Like, oh, yes, I do. Okay. This is going to be a little stranger. <laughs> mine was. So I went through this phase, like all kids do, being obsessed with the 1950s mm-hmm. and 60s when I was like nine or 10 because mm-hmm. yeah. I'm weird. And I loved Bewitched and I loved I Dream of Jeannie. And I was also deeply upset that I did not have either like the blink or the nose twitch powers. And mm-hmm. it was just like sometimes just very worked up about the fact that I was never going to have that. And I really just wanted it. To, I feel like I remember wanting it the most to clean my room. That was like, that. Just like this is I could be doing so many more things if I could just clean my room so fast and 
So I sat and was sad about it rather than clean my room. <laughs> I would always do sense. Yeah. I would always wish she has the power to go backwards in reverse time. I was like, if I could choose a superpower, it would probably be that other than nice powers. Yeah. That, yeah, the rewind was always so funny. Mm-hmm. They would just yeah. let you super speed, like, play the clip backwards. It was yeah, with Will Ferrell. So oh funny. Oh my gosh, that is so funny. <laughs> it's funny that you you think of Bewitched as the Will Ferrell one. Um, not the 50s version, like the 2000s. The 50s. Yeah. That's so <laughs> that is another thing that's like interesting to me about this is we're both very into Disney and a lot of the, the bulk, I feel like, of Disney movies were like 90s movies. And so we both, me, when they were happening, experienced them as a kid. And then you later experienced them as a kid. Um, mm-hmm. However, Frozen, you experienced as a very little kid. And I was a full-grown adult. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't say full-grown. Um, I was an adult. Um, I was 22 and had literally just like a month and a half before this movie came out like gotten married and moved halfway across the country and like all this crazy stuff was happening or maybe it was like a year it might have been a year no because it was literally a month because then we went to disney for our honeymoon in december and there were like little frozen like statues everywhere because they were like celebrating the movie i remember this now okay (laughs) back checking myself But yeah, I just remember being like one of the movies that I felt like I really just just transported me for the first time in a long time. I I felt like it had been like a long time since there was a movie that just totally sucked you in and really felt like a break from reality and also felt relatable to me. Yes, I know there's magic, but it's so obviously we're using magic to tell a, a human story. But, uh, but yeah, so it's interesting that like you really attached to it and still attached mm-hmm. to it, obviously being much older. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I was obviously in an entirely different phase of life. <laughs> that was my comfort movie my first couple of years right after college because I was as soon as it was available to buy on digital. I was like, yes, we own this and I will be watching mm-hmm. it on repeat. Thank you very much. It was like, oh, you're having a great day. Watch Frozen. Oh, it's a really bad day. Watch Frozen. <laughs> it was just on repeat. I think it's so interesting that it has such broad appeal. Yeah. So I guess as we're thinking through and start talking through the plot and everything, one question I always ask people to like keep in mind that maybe I feel like sometimes it's easier to talk about as it comes up as we walk through it, but like thinking about like the moments where or the people where you see yourself in the story or that like really felt like familiar or relatable to you. I think those are like good tie-ins to like I said it's obviously it's a cartoon about someone with magic ice powers but like <laughs> it's also about sisters it's also about being a girl or being a person or responsibility it's about a lot of things so with that said let's just dive into the story of Frozen here and obviously I remember when it first started they have like all these dudes singing and like, chopping up yeah and they're like chopping up the ice <laughs> and then they're like really serious about it and they're like afraid of ice and that was interesting and then basically they the first real scene with our characters is the younger sister waking up older sister and like saying i'm awake so we need to play and she like talks her into it by saying do you want to build a snowman and then obviously the inciting incident of the story happens, which is where Anna gets hurt and the parents freak out. And dad weirdly knows, says, I know what to do. Does mm-hmm. anyone else think that was weird? 
we need like a backstory. We need well, so much we information, information about this too. dad, but we right. need more than that. I feel because we like- get like a little backstory in like, Frozen Two, but just like, a little bit. It never explains how he knows the trolls. Yeah, I just think it's interesting that he she gets hurt and he immediately is. Like, I know what to do. We have to go into the woods and find this troll. <laughs> okay, um, that happens you to know? be the trolls that adopt her future. Yeah, her, her, right. His, her so sister's random. future husband. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy crazy they basically bring her up and oddly enough he's he's a troll but he's not weirded out that she's magical and he asks like how she got the powers if she was like born with her cursed to with her or whatever and he's basically says that basically he's like all right so magic damaged her head or hurt her head i'm gonna take all of the magic out of her head including even what she remembers about magic just to be safe don't worry, I'm going to still make sure she loves her sister, even though that's going to make things hard. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I did think when I was rewatching this, it was very interesting. He says, born with the powers or cursed. He didn't say gifted. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. Right. I'm like, we're very, like, negative on these right out the gate. Everyone is. Like, we're not, we don't see these it's as like a negative something. thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's so weird. Like, I mean, it just is a matter of the different story because, you know, you could be the whole Harry Potter series is like how lucky we are that we have, you know, I'm magical and I get to go to this magic school. And for her, it's like she's magical and this is bad and we have to. And now I have to shut everyone out. (laughs) Gosh, No one can know about it. It's a secretive. Yeah. And it's so interesting because he said, Fear will be her greatest enemy, but then I feel like all they did was be afraid. We're afraid that people are going to find out. We're like, mm-hmm. we're like listening to fear and letting it inform the way we're like structuring her life. Like they basically turn her into a recluse and hide her away, and they reduce how many people she can be around. And yeah, that's really great for fear and anxiety. Make someone like alone all the time. It's just yeah. yeah. And when you think about yeah. like, someone literally has ice powers and you have a kingdom and clearly she can build castles, that would, like, if anything, help you as a leader, but they're using it as something like, negative to hide her away. Yeah, they never, it was never like, let's learn how we can let this flow through you more safely. It was more like, how do we make it so you can stuff it down so far that we don't even know it's there? You need to get really good at just like, swallowing it, basically. Yeah. And obviously the more she got worried. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so PSA anyone in case y'all don't know that is the worst advice anyone could ever give you ever. You can't not feel. You just can't. And the more you but try not grown, to. I... Yeah. Go ahead. As a grown adult in power who's like the leader telling a little girl who's going to have the throne one day to conceal don't feel don't let it show seems like patriarchal in a way i feel like i don't know oh girl yes he has power and he doesn't have ice powers right that's the whole thing i think everyone's really afraid of what's not like them and what seems different and not under their control and also conceal don't feel we're yes yes girl patriarchy because Women are typically a little more in tune with our feelings and this old school traditional idea that feelings are somehow 
dangerous or bad yeah. or will mislead yeah. you. Really, they are actually just information. They're information that and your intuitive. body is giving you. Yeah, they're intuitive. They are telling you things that your like conscious brain is not necessarily like your prefrontal cortex, the logical part of your brain doesn't really know what it's picking up. And so your body is telling you things in different ways. And then you it's like up to us to figure out what to do with that information. But if we never pay attention to it because we think it's worthless, then we're missing a whole side of information about the world, about ourselves. And, and for a long time, I think the I think this just idea that feelings are bad and negative, but then also women are associated with being more emotional, which even saying that word feels like I'm I was nagging us, but it shouldn't be. I just mm -hmm. said we have emotions. So mm -hmm. but it's been so steeped in negativity that like you said, he's saying if you want to be good and you want to be better, like you need to be less girly. You need to be less you. You need to have less emotion and rather than embracing it and like working with it to understand it because we don't we are afraid of what we don't understand but we can't understand something we won't look at and her oh. eyes i feel is like symbolic of her emotions too so like eventually in the movie like her emotions are what save her because she's mm -hmm. able to escape because mm -hmm. of her emotions <laughs> yeah no 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah it's like this idea that we have the mental, I, like, we associate freezing and cold with being, like, isolated and away from people. Obviously, when she learns how to embrace her feelings, I really feel like she has more than ice powers, honestly. Like, by movie two, like, she can pretty much manipulate all kinds of things. It's just a matter of giving space to understand that, though. So we start the, like, story... And one thing that's interesting about this story that's a little different than a lot of the Disney stories is, and I even was like re-explaining this to Matt, but they actually weren't orphans. They were adults when their parents, or close to adults when their parents passed away. Like most of the time it's like, and you were five and you're raised by someone else. And like, no, they, we just crunched that part in the like first five minutes of the movie along with a song somehow. But their parents were around. Their parents were the ones that raised them for sure. Yeah. It's a little different, and I don't know why all the stories have to be about orphans, but it's interesting that we are always trying to kill off parents, I feel like, in fairy tales. I, I find that an interesting trope. Yeah, it makes the relationship with Anna more complex, I think, though, now that Elsa has to be, like, the, I wouldn't say the head of the house, necessarily, because she's the I head of the country. Yeah, pretty much, not just being a leader. Mm -hmm. with within the walls of the palace but also mm -hmm. all of Arendelle mm -hmm. yeah no it definitely does you're right there's definitely this I'm sure we don't really see that because we jump in on coronation day but I'm sure there was this like sense of okay now how we run things and probably even what Anna's allowed to do is like your decision Elsa Anna wants to spend such and such on a new dress is that are we allowed to do that? There's probably things even like that, which I'm sure would feel like someone else make that decision. Yeah. I've ignored her for this long. She's just my sister. I don't want that responsibility. But yeah, there's this definite like big shift of power when the parents are out of the picture. 
And then obviously there's like the real shift of power happening like with Coronation Day. And there's this totally different situation than has happened for the first time in forever with people coming in. And poor Anna is an extrovert who's been forced to live the life of a recluse. And she's like freaking out. And Elsa's freaking like, out for different reasons. Go ahead. It starts so chaotic. She's lit- She's 19 years old. Her parents, she's had a traumatic childhood because she's forced to separate from her sister. Her parents die. Now she has to be queen. She has to deal with a crazy duke that's trying to exploit them. She's in a stressful situation. She's been trained her whole life to fear something that was given to her like when she was born. And now she has to do it all by herself at 19 years old. Yeah. That is straight up crazy. And I can't imagine she's basically taught to fear herself. And so if we're like afraid of it, like we're like I said, we're not going to explore it. And so you really have no ha- no chance of having a handle on it. Like they've basically made her like a live wire. It's just going to feel everything but not know how to weather it because she's not supposed to like embrace those feelings. It's you can just yeah, feel it, her anxiety in the beginning. Yes. Always just like freaking out. Like she sees her when she's holding like the scepter oh and gosh, like the yeah. ball I don't know what those are called and you see the ice and she's know. like freaking out yeah yeah no and the, Matt makes fun of it because I think it's if I remember correctly it's like this actually in both of the opening songs of Frozen 1 and 2 but in Frozen 1 Anna's singing about the first time in forever and then it's a very bubbly very excited very high energy song all the things I'm looking forward to and then Elsa's singing essentially the same song, but she is the minor negative feel of it all. And Matt's like, geez, Elsa, way to just bring everything down. And I'm like, listen, yeah. the girl has no other way of being. This is, she is legitimately terrified that she's going to ruin everything. And I was and like, it's the first time in forever. And Elsa's, it's the first time in forever. That's yeah. scary. And I have no idea what to do with it. Yeah, for sure. I'm not getting this right because I haven't done this. Yeah. And like you said, she's like, you can feel her anxiety and they make her take off the gloves and all that. And she wears gloves all the time because she doesn't want to ice anything. And so there's obviously a party afterwards. There's always a party. And Anna meets Prince Hans. They sing an awesome little song together and then they decide to get married. Like crazy people. Like Red flag, a little girl. 17 year old who thinks she's in love. Because she's never been around people. Who let her talk to yeah. people by herself, really, honestly? <laughs> like, who let her be unsupervised <laughs> that like day? It's a, really... a training session. She has, Seriously, like, a little training though. session ahead of time. She does. But I, I saw, like, an interesting theory this person put up. I don't know who it was, but it was basically saying Hans and Anna were in love at first. They actually did want to get married. But then the trolls were like jealous and wanted Kristoff to get married so they put a curse on Hans he's like like manipulative on the outside but inside actually still like really loves Anna I don't know that I believe that I think he's just a bad person yeah that's what what I was just (laughs) a manipulative jerk he's also like 30 so that's concerning it's like a a John Mayer situation it's a little John Mayer and Taylor Swift (laughs) It's yeah, yeah. She's a little too young to be messed with, but uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah, questionable for sure. 
And so then in her flood of excitement and no context of how bizarre of a plan this is, Anna proudly goes to Elsa to be like, hey, this is what's happening. And she's like, whoa, no, definitely not. And this is when she flexes that you were saying, like, in charge of the castle. I'm in charge mm-hmm. of your life, actually. And this is the first time I'm going to use it. And I'm going to tell you, don't do this. And I won't let you do it. And then things just get heated, obviously. And Elsa's not really good with managing her emotions, as we've said. And heated, ironically, because heat is <laughs> heated and ice. Yes. They get intense for sure, and that causes her stress level to spike, and then there is basically an ice surge comes out of her in front of everyone, and everyone's freaking out, and she's trying to figure out, crap, what do I do? Yeah, basically, I'm outed, and I have no idea what to do, and so she just, like, runs. I think it's interesting. In that coronation scene, she's. I feel like Hans starts to ask her something. She's walking away and she's angry. And Hans says, "If Your Majesty, if I may use your... And she cuts him off and says, no, you may not. Do they know something that Anna doesn't about the palace or something like that? I've always wondered why they added that little line in there. Because he's like about to ask her for something. I don't know if Hmm. he's like plotting. I don't no but i've always thought that was really interesting wonder that like, is interesting she cut off yeah that's it's like something that she they it's like they both know and she's like no so i don't know yeah. what they were thinking there but i just thought that's that was interesting. an interesting note i'm gonna have to rewatch that and like hear the exact context around it to see if i can figure it out because that is very interesting yeah basically i think she's just in a defensive no to everything it's not just boundaries it's walls and gates yes yeah and so she runs off and the epic let it go yeah i'm curious what your maybe what your feelings were when you first heard that song and maybe what your feelings are about that song now well, this is, I, I think it's funny for some reason that she just like gets exposed and then just like runs off into the mountains. That's her best case scenario at this point. It's just like running off into the mountains is just her little solutions. She goes off into the mountains, builds a nice castle. This is when I fell in love with Elsa because like all my life I had grown up with, we had like Belle and Cinderella and Snow White, which is great. But then there's like the princes that swoop them off their feet and Elsa doesn't need a man. She's going to go off and build a nice castle and be a boss queen about it. (laughs) And so I thought that was really cool to see as I was six when this movie came out. So for a little six-year-old to be like, oh, I want ice powers. I want to build a castle and have like all of this power as Mm -hmm. a female. I think that was like such an amazing thing for Disney to do and set as an example for a bunch of little girls. Yeah. And Adina Manzel performs it so well she was like perfect for that voice too yes absolutely absolutely yeah no that yeah this idea that there's a story about a girl or a woman or whatever you want to call her there's a story about a female character and it is not centered around a romance but rather discovering herself rather than Mm -hmm. discovering another person or a man And I, yeah, I remember just thinking that was so interesting. And also before, to your point, they've always been princesses. 
not queens. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. princess obviously has the like someone else is still in charge connotation. And queen is not I'm running this show. So was queen. And this queen decided to go off and do her own thing. And uh, yeah. And then just the lyrics of that song are so like, I feel like there's a reason for sure that I feel like there's such a pressure, not for maybe every girl, but like a lot of girls, like there's definitely more pressure for us to be. The standard is higher for Mm -hmm. behavior, for performance, for grades, for what have you. And that pressure can get to be a lot at different phases. And I feel like that's why this song resonated so much. It's just like on some level, I feel like all of us females and then maybe some of us a little even more that are maybe more in the perfectionist vein, definitely related to this like urge to just be like, screw it all. I'm running off on my own. I'm tired of everyone always having a problem with or ever always having to perform for someone or be the best or be good or help someone else like I'm done and ooh, bless you um <laughs> and like <laughs> you're good um and I just yeah, think that was like so again I was 22 and I was like mm-hmm. feeling the pressure of trying to be an adult and feeling the expectation to know how to do it all already and I was like the fit in the castle but I don't. Yeah, I want to just like, go off on my own and be done. I'm curious what, you know, obviously yeah. that's like kind of cool independence modeled when you're younger. But obviously like, being a little bit older now and probably I'm sure analyzing things as I know you might do because I know you. What your thought, like what is it that like connects with you, if anything, about that song? I love like, I don't know, I love like, her it's not really lyrical, but her belting at the end because it feels like the first time that she's actually free and can express herself. Mm-hmm. The way that she, in the beginning, rips off her glove and throws it in the distance is mm-hmm. symbolic of her getting rid of the palace, the mm-hmm. life that was built for her and that she learned. That's mm-hmm. almost like her letting go of her fear and being able mm-hmm. to finally express herself. Mm-hmm. And then when she starts to make the staircase, she's mm-hmm. just like, she doesn't know if she can do it or not. Like she makes it and like, slightly steps on the stair to make it ice and then she's just like all in because she finally knows she can actually explore it without feeling Mm -hmm. confined Mm -hmm. within gates or castle Mm -hmm. walls and then she and when she after she's built her whole palace or her whole like palace area I guess she like takes her crown and throws it off and that's when she like transforms and that's she finally like expresses herself and like after that moment, like later on back in the castle in Frozen 2, she like wears stuff that's actually like reflective of her and her personality and not necessarily mm-hmm. like what the palace or what mm-hmm. like the monarchy would want her to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's definitely more, I don't know, just different. Like she's got a different look and feel about her from that moment on mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, and I think there's something so you've got to throw that fear out the window to be able to express yourself and I think especially for obviously this girl was conditioned to be perfect or you might ruin everything like and I think that feels and sounds extreme and obviously it's a movie but it can feel that way can really it can really feel like your brain can tell you that story when you're raised to be really good and really well behaved all the time 
your brain can catastrophize that training and feel like the pressure is all on you to keep things going, to keep things in order. And like that pressure can really like, I think I was talking to, it was either Matt or my therapist or both about, you know, when I was a kid, I was very much like, keeping the peace for everyone, like policing my little brother to keep him in line so that my mom didn't have to, so that things could be more chill. And my dad was gone and my mom wasn't super good at fixing things. So I'm like, I can think about how I, my brain works that way. I'll learn how to put the Ikea furniture together or whatever it was. I'll learn how to fix a VCR just, and this is pre-Google just for the record, but, (laughs) but yeah, I was very much, my role is to have all the answers, do all the right things. And so that pressure gets in the way of, you were talking about, her freedom of expression at the end because it's almost like how can you express out when everything is crunching you in you know what I mean and it feels like that's what she was doing she was trying to stuff everything in and then when she was finally able to stop that pressure pushing in she could be who she was out loud and I think that's what's so cool about that and she keeps her sophistication in class while doing that too Mm -hmm. which I like but also like eventually and even towards Frozen 2 like she's still like does stuff that isn't perfect which I really like because yeah she's again keeps her she keeps collected but then she also still makes mistakes Mm -hmm. yeah and it's that's displayed I feel like yeah she's less calculated and measured all the time and more Mm -hmm. willing to just be like in the moment and that's like such a huge difference for sure yeah I I think older sister thing yeah (laughs) it for sure is and I think (laughs) I think to your point too like the idea of like her keeping her class and sophistication. I think there's a like a fear of, but if I let myself express, what if it's messy and what if it's crazy and what if it's bad and what if no one likes it or what if it's not cute, like, or whatever. But honestly, like what I have learned is, and I am learning is for those of us who are um, in this camp of people that we'll put Elsa in um I think we both reside somewhere in that camp or near that camp where she lives um yeah for sure and I think for those of us that live in this area of life um who we are is this is a thing I'm learning in therapy who we are is already very good we don't have to try that hard at it if you leave us to ourselves we'll probably still do the right thing We'll probably still yeah. pick the good thing. We'll probably still have the right answer because who or we at are least is the idea good. is there. Or at least the idea is there. The intentions yeah. are going to be good because that's just who we are. And I think not being afraid of it, because again, fear is her greatest enemy. And I think that's where a lot of us get really trapped is that fear even of who we are if we are not so hard on ourselves. And I think that's something that we can learn from Elsa and let it go. And it really will be okay. But then we, Anna is basically going to go fix it. She's not really sure how, but she's got, she's just going to try. She's going to find Elsa and she's going to figure it out. And then we meet Kristoff and Sven and we meet Oaken's Sauna and woohoo family. And that's one of my favorite scenes. I love it so much. And yeah. And then Reindeers Are Better Than People is an excellent song. It's a little bit hilarious that that's the only song that Jonathan Goff gets in the first movie because he's Jonathan Goff. Like Hamilton's Jonathan Goff only gets this little like 
acapella song about reindeer that's 30 seconds long, but it's hilarious. And basically, she needs someone who knows way more than a girl who's lived in a palace literally her whole life would know about the woods and the mountains to help her. They take off. There's some wolves. There's some unpacking of maybe Anna is a little off her rocker. Even this random stranger is saying, this is not a normal thing to do. And that was new for a Disney movie, too, because I feel like historically we would have been like, oh, yes, this person you met three days ago. Yes, they are your whole life now. Make all those choices. And this movie, we're like, girl, that ain't normal. And everyone's on that page but her. She's trying to find her sister. Like, things get a little crazy. I'm sure you've probably seen the memes on the internet that says sister asks her for 20 years to build a snowman, builds one without her. Yeah. it's So we meet Olaf because Elsa builds a snowman without Anna. And Accidentally, Olaf, though, does she realize that he comes to I don't to life? know that she does, actually. I think she's no, just kind of like, in the palace. She's shocked that he's like a that's person. True. That's he's true. Olaf? Yeah. That's very true. Gotcha. Okay. Maybe she's rekindling her childhood where she can be free to build a snowman that she was yeah. you know, always forced to contain when she was little. And the chill of the moment just made it. <laughs> yes, for sure. And so Olaf comes along on the, the journey here. Basically, we meet the trolls because Kristoff was raised by the same trolls that helped Donna when she was little. And then, meanwhile, Hans is in charge. Meanwhile, Hans is she, in charge. The man yes. who's from a different country who's supposedly Yeah, she did just kind of like give the keys to the kingdom to someone she met that same day. Meanwhile, the advisors are just like in love right. with him. It's very weird. Apparently, Hans just inherits it's very the weird. throne. Yeah. It's very weird. <laughs> yeah, like why not that guy that manages the house? He's the one that's waking her up. I'm like, I yeah. feel like that guy knows what's up. We should probably put him in charge. Yeah. He's, he's got a confident voice. Yeah. He sounds like he knows what's going on. So basically, she doesn't realize that she created this problem everywhere. She has that realization and it really stresses her out. I didn't know I created winter for everyone and I don't know how to fix it. And now I can't even just like be off on my own doing my own thing because I've got to fix the problem I created, but I don't know how. And like she gets stressed out and then like strikes Anna and Anna seems okay at the time but then things start getting weird and she keeps getting colder and basically is it the trolls is the trolls that tell us what we need to do again okay yeah grandpappy says that which is the troll mm -hmm. that healed her in the beginning who apparently knows everything says that she needs a, an act of true love it's not even a kiss that's right that's right yes Yes, basically, I'm looking through my scenes list here, so I know where we're at. Okay, we're like, okay, great. You know what? Apparently, Hans loves you. Let's get you back to Hans. And we get back to Hans, and Hans is like, if only someone loved you, because he's a terrible person who would say a thing like that to another person. Basically, his plan is let Anna die, make Elsa the monster, take over because everyone trusts me because I stepped in right then. Terrible person. Terrible. Worst villain. Assuming that he knows more about Elsa's powers, like, how do you know that killing Elsa is going to get rid of Winter? Maybe it'll just spiral could, out of control could, even more yeah. instead of getting rid of Winter. I, I think we definitely need to know more about Hans. Now that you've got this whole comment thing in my head, I'm like, mm, I need to know what does, like, the Southern Isles know about, like, the Magic Forest and all that? Do they have, like, more knowledge than the people of Arendelle? Does he just, like, naturally know things? 
and his and older exactly mother. exactly maybe he yeah. knows lots of things and he's maybe he came in more prepared for this situation than we realize who knows and then you have the character of anna and elsa Elsa being the youngest, feeling like she has to be perfect all the time. Anna being like mm-hmm. ditzy and not not ditzy necessarily. She's more but aggressive and a little less. And I don't feel like she walks around with as big of a burden of responsibility on her, like weighing on her mind like right. Elsa does. So then you think of Hans being like the youngest mm-hmm. of seven, having no responsibility and just being like envious of the throne that's a, that's a lot of weird thing yeah he was gross that i was so yeah. mad i there are i can't remember very many times that have made me that mad in a movie as that did because it's not just that oh he's the bad guy it's like that was such a harsh thing to he say like, if only her. someone loved you yeah. like jeez man that's the worst yeah he could have just right. He could have just, just said, "Sorry, like, not me." He like, didn't say, "I don't love you." He said, "If only someone," implying that there is no one out there in the world that loves Anna, which is freaking awful. Anyways, so she's in trouble. Olaf's trying to help, but he's Olaf, so there's only so much he can do. But he's so he sacrificial is, and is, is so sweet about it. He's willing to die. It gets a little he scary. Does. But he's trying he's to so like warm her up it. by the fire, even though he's like getting all droopy and everything. So basically, we all end up outside of the castle, and essentially, I'm trying to remember what the exact mechanics of that last scene are, but basically what happens is Hans is trying to, okay, now I'm tracking. My brain woke back up. Hans is trying to kill Elsa, even though Anna's like about dead because of Elsa's accident with her. She gets in the way, but she like turns completely to ice, but he misses Elsa as a result. And so his plan doesn't work. Elsa's still there and she's crying with Anna and then Anna thaws. And first of all, it's awesome. We're always in these situations in movies where Sleeping Beauty, she needs someone else to come kiss her and handle the situation. And I love that in this one, it was an an act of true love. It didn't say someone acting towards her with true love like an act of true love and it was from her like she saved herself Mm -hmm. like she by saving her sister saved herself which is she brought it on herself pretty freaking cool like even anna is like owning her story in this movie and like basically hans is in big trouble because it's a disney movie so we don't like just he doesn't yeah, die. He like doesn't a lot die. Of he's not impaled like Ursula or anything. Like it's he's sent back to deal with the wrath of his brothers. And yeah. And then it's obviously Kristoff and Anna get together, but it's in I do love that relationship because he's it's not the normal absolved into each other obsessive. They're both just like Yeah, let, we need to talk about Kristoff okay, for, for a it. second. Like he like you ask for consent. He's the first male in Disney history to do that. Snow White is like 14 years old, and this guy just like kisses her while she's sleeping. That's messed There's up. There's a lot first messed of all. up in Snow White. But then you, and then he's may I, may we? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kristoff is, yeah. If we do another episode and we do it about Frozen 2, which I think maybe we should, because I have so many thoughts about Kristoff and Frozen 2. Dream guy. Oh, yeah. You're telling me Matt wouldn't sing an 80s ballad in the woods by himself? Come on. Um, for sure. She definitely for sure. would. Anyways, basically, everything is better because the secret is out. They're together again. 
we both have realized she figures out love is yes, the key. We both realize love not fear and be together and also we can handle our own business. We both did. Pretty awesome. That's frozen. Where my question that we talked about at the top, like where do you see yourself most in this movie? Is there a person or a scene or a moment or a line that you feel like, yep, that was where I felt like myself in the story the most? Definitely like the parts with Elsa when she's like exploring herself, also feeling like confined as a woman, but also when Olaf is sitting in front of the fire and as some people are worth melting for, and then he's like, maybe not right this minute. And that's, it's a funny part, but it's also so true. As for my sister, I would do almost anything, but I also wouldn't want to. (laughs) If it meant leaving her from being frozen, I would save. Yeah, there's, it's a little bit of a boundary statement. I wouldn't. It's a little bit of a boundary statement. You like want to do anything for someone, but there's also a moment when you're like, I don't have to sacrifice my entire self for you. That might not be the best for either of us in this moment. Maybe I need to go. Make sure yeah. I'm okay so that maybe long term I can make sure we're both okay. I think that's an interesting note that you took away from that moment because it is. This, he's like, I would do anything for you, but maybe this is not the moment when I do that thing. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely that. That let it go. Just it's like every perfectionist girl's like anthem of like, yes. Just please freaking let me like have some space and just. For me, it's almost like, let me breathe, but I'm not sure I would know how if you gave me this. You know what I mean? I'm not sure yeah. I would know how. Yeah. She's never been taught. Yeah. She's literally grown up. It's like up, uncharted like, yeah. territory when someone's not like, basically giving lines the whole time. It's so interesting. Yeah. But yeah, no, I love this movie because I it's the first one that I felt like really bucked a lot of the tropes head on. And it also wonderfully and upsettingly i believe was the first disney animation studios movie directed by a woman which is like mm-hmm. guys it was 2013 this is not 1952 what are we doing and written by her i believe yeah. and i know she wrote the second one and if anyone wants to be stressed out watch the documentary series about making frozen 2 because it will stress you out you're like oh no are they going to make it they obviously do but it's it's such a stressful process making of these big movies but did you see the how did we make frozen video where kristen bell's like singing throughout the studio i don't think i did there the cast in this movie is just great honestly they're all fantastic and they all really fit really well together i feel like this is probably the first Disney movie that Josh Gad was in and what an introduction he needed to be in the Disney universe. He's so great. And he goes on to play Lefou, 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 he sure I does. Think, and he's fantastic Bell, right? in that as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so overall, just a really solid movie. I feel like it does a lot to kind of show hey, perfectionism ain't the way and also just like I said just really bucking a lot of those tropes of one the main character Elsa does not have a love interest that's not what the story is mainly about awesome Mm -hmm. because that is not the point of life it is a wonderful part of life it is not the main thing I was raised by like my mom and my grandma who like 
my mom's dad, when she was 18, like the summer before she was going to go to college, her dad passed away. And like they were obviously my grandma's older. And so it was very traditional. My grandma didn't have her driver's license or anything like so they were like up a creek. Like and yeah. so I like constantly was like being raised by these like women who were like, yes, we hope you find someone, but we're not like going to pretend that's a guarantee. We want to make sure you know how to do this. And we want to make sure you have your own stuff for your apartment when you graduate college, because it's not a guarantee that you'll be getting married and registering for stuff. I remember my grandma going to garage sales basically when I graduated from high school and they were like stockpiling stuff in my mom's garage for like my house, which I don't know what happened to all of it because it was random, but it's not there anymore. But it was very much this idea that love is a good part of life, but you need to learn how to take care of yourself and not just like, depend on other people. And so I'm really grateful for that. But I know that's not like how a lot of women get raised. There's, yeah, especially like young girls are like, I guess watching the old fairy tales, it's always like the prince and the princess mm -hmm. and they go off and get married. And so I feel like naturally people are always like, oh, like when you get married or what if when you don't you do this? No, no one said anything about this. Happened. No, that's that is what I love about this is like it bucks the assumption that there is one storyline that we all are supposed to be on and just are at different points on it. No, there is no one story. There is no like common plot. Like we are all writing our own stories. It's not a when you do this. It's a if you want to do X great do it as long as you're not hurting other people live your life there's very much it's you should get you should date at this point you should get married at this point you should have 2.5 kids by this point you should have this kind of job by the there's so many expectations that because so many people I don't know if it's like people will choose them or like people just don't know what they want and they don't take the time to figure it out. And so they just go along with the plot that they think has been laid before them and maybe are less opinionated than me. And so they're fine with it. That's what I love about this. this is not a normal fairy tale plot, like not even a little. And honestly, when I was falling in love in one day, obviously is exaggerated, but sometimes that's like what it feels like or is expected sometimes of like women is like immediately like after you graduate college or after you like do this like immediately have like mm -hmm. your perfect person and get married but yeah I feel like it's portrayed sure. the same like, way like it's definitely an expectation and I didn't it, it was and I, I hate this I remember being like five years old and my best friend was a guy and people like for lack of a better word, sexualizing it. Being like, oh, is that your boyfriend? I'm like, does that just mean that I like him more than the other boys? Because no. if so, yes. But I'm five? Yeah. What do you, I don't understand. Yeah. And like, even like grandparents and stuff doing that kind of thing and just being like so annoyed that we were friends until we graduated high school. So it was like it was saying that for 12 years of our life, like basically, no, he's just my friend. Can we move on now? Oh, yeah. Can we like friend. move on now? Yeah. But yeah, just like, why does it have to be? And I didn't date in high school. And everyone was like, what's almost like, why? What's wrong with you? Was almost the response. And I'm like, 
have you met these people was my response usually I was literally like, yeah. I just have standards that's all really and more to do yeah, quite exactly. frankly I got my whole dang life I got stuff going on y'all like, I was doing like and travel college like, classes yeah. in high school and like I have time for nonsense shoot but it was very much like people would get what's wrong with you. You're like pretty, so what's the problem? Literally, people would say crap like that right. to me. There's 200 people oh in your gosh. class. Like, yeah. It's not oh like my gosh, there were even fewer soulmate. in mine. So it was definitely <laughs> not going to happen. So, yeah, no, it just, it, I don't, it was like, I knew my mom didn't really like want me to date. But then at a certain point, I was, I don't want to date anyone around here. So I'm just, I'm not going to just like date to date because that's what everyone wants to do. And like, yeah, sure. Then I'm the third wheel or like, I don't get invited to some stuff. But like, so being the Olaf. The yes, exactly. <laughs> or the Elsa and just like do your thing because yeah, like it, it pays off. And like one of the jokes that they would make, I just was thinking about this the other day because like, youth group and like, there's lots of youth groupisms and like, churchisms and things. And one thing they would say is if you feel like you've been waiting or because, yeah, that maybe was my choice. But also I would feel lonely and be like annoyed that I was the only one that didn't have a boyfriend and be like, dang, is anyone ever going to be like a person that I'm interested in or that I get? And they would say things like, don't put God in a box. And when my friend and her little sister came to Sunfest my freshman year and they were going to stay with us and they met Matt. Her little sister was like, I can see Lindsay didn't put God in a box. <laughs> and I just, that's like my favorite ridiculous thing anyone's ever said. I just think it's so funny. I'm like, no, I did not. And it, it paid off. So it's all good. Yeah, it's a it's big, a big world. world. And I just didn't think that St. Mary's was the end of it. So anyways, all right. <laughs> this was a great chat. I love this movie. I was super enjoyed yeah. talking to you about this. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you feel like we need to make sure is said about Frozen before we just close this out? I think it's, I don't know. I think it's funny. And the, the whole story basically could have been avoided in the very beginning if Elsa just didn't shoot off her right powers. or if she just had empathetic well, parents maybe it's because she felt the need to save someone empathetic parents yeah. maybe but then we won't have a movie apparently but like please <laughs> dad conceal don't feel that's literally the worst advice don't forget that guys it's bad advice don't do it feelings are a wave they won't last forever <laughs> embrace them they are knowledge the end yes. and also write your own story don't do what everyone else thinks you ought to do because it's boring yeah thanks for joining me kyla this was super fun i think we're definitely gonna have to talk about frozen too because yeah. we you're right we didn't talk about Kristoff much but oh, i yes. feel like Kristoff's moments to shine are so much bigger in frozen too mm -hmm. so we'll have to circle back to that for sure but thanks again and yeah thanks yeah. for having me all right Thanks again for joining me today. I hope you find some time to think about where you see yourself in this story. And if you haven't found it yet, I hope you have the courage and do the work to get to your own personal let it go moment. And with that, I hope you have a great rest of your weekend and we hope to see you back next time.